I now claim that I am a healer. And what that really just means is I'm a mirror for people. I, I give people space to have an experience so that they really find the tools within themselves to remember that they're connected to something bigger, let go of this stronghold of the ego, surrender time and time again because we're practicing many deaths along the way until we get to that final exhale. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously? And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Patrick Cook Life. That's Cook with an E, C-O-O-K-E. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is Ashley Ludman. She has navigated many twists and turns in her existence on her way to her current home in Nosara, Costa Rica. The continuous thread in her life has been her reliance on and fascination with the breath and how it links us all together. She sees the thread of breath intricately interwoven into all aspects of her life path and purpose of healing the world. She is an artist, a breathwork facilitator, and a plant medicine guide. Her work as a healer supports others to acknowledge the capacity that they have within to access the unique healing capacity of breath and presence. Ashley Ludman, welcome to being. What's happening? How are you? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? You don't have to answer that, actually. I, th- I think we'll get into that as we as we unfold. We'll get into that exactly. Okay, so let's just start. Um, my relationship with you has your you've been so instrumental in my life, and I'm so deeply grateful for you being on this podcast. You have been 
a friend, a mentor, a facilitator, a teacher, an instructor, a coach, a party buddy, a dance partner, like the list is endless. So grateful for you. Um, I've learned so much from you, not only in your classes and your workshops, um, but the beautiful space that you hold, um, just witnessing you as a human being. Um, you're like your depth of knowledge and wisdom is palpable and it's coupled with this beautiful sort of grounding firm presence. Uh, and I've just learned so much from that, just being around you. Um, but also what I love about you is that you're not afraid to be raw and vulnerable or be angry or have a drink or you know, like you're, you're willing to embrace your humanity in a way that's really beautiful as well. So, um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of my life and for being on this podcast today. Thank you, Patrick. Well, I, I feel like that's it. We're <laughs> done. We, just, we can just stop now. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think a, a good place to start for people that aren't as familiar with you and your work is just maybe you could give us an overview, like an arc of your, your journey, your life, where you've been and how you got to this present moment. An arc of my existence. I like yeah. that. Um, well, where I am right now is in your neighborhood, up the mountain from you in uh -huh. Nassara, Costa Rica. And how I landed here really was a, a journey led by my spirit. Mm. I started traveling to Costa Rica in 99 with a a boyfriend who was a surfer and when we found Nosara I I felt like I found home and then we traveled to other places and I remember feeling this immense feeling that I've never felt before and maybe not since a feeling of homesickness mm. and so it just became my really my destiny to come back to Nosara every chance I could get from that point on for a, a span of 10 years. And then when I was at the end of my tenure of a yoga studio in North Carolina, I came here for two and a half weeks. I called it my sabbatical mm. and it was my time to really decompress. It was, I think it was one of the first times I had traveled by myself. I had a couple of friends come in and out, but it I was essentially by myself for a good part of the, the time. And it was my way of just really decompressing and getting my head straight because I was getting ready to close my yoga studio at the end of the, the eight years of holding space with it and, and being hit with this economic downturn in, mm. in 2008, 2009. And literally I just I had nothing left in me to keep it going. And it wasn't like a choice that I wanted to end it, but it was really a, um, a necessity. So I came here and by the end of that two and a half week trip, I had had a job offer, you know, really an invitation to live in Nosara. And, and it, even from that point forward, it still took me another year or so to truly believe that I could do that, that I could mm -hmm. move to another country and live in another place outside of the United States. And so it's been an interesting decade of being here and, and also just being here and being there, like wanting to try to go back and make a difference in a place that 
um, taught me a lot. You know, for a couple of years after the last election in 2016, I moved to New York City for a couple of years, and I did a half time here, half time there, really to expand my offering as a breathwork facilitator, and that's mm-hmm. the majority of the work that I do. I have. <clears throat> in the past dabbled in plant medicine work as, as a facilitator, as an integration therapist, support, surrounding support of, of plant medicine ceremony. And, um, and here we go, you know, into 2020, I find myself coming back home. This wasn't my plan. You know, I had the plan to New York and, Canada and Greece and all of these places. I was a traveler and early March, as things started shutting down, I was in New York City and I was particularly standing in downtown Manhattan and everything started closing down and close. It almost felt like it was closing in on me and I was Mm. standing there by myself and I just got this hit and it was just that inner punch was go home. And Mm as a traveler, as kind of a gypsy soul, that's a hard question sometimes to answer, you know, where is home? And that, that was the first question that came in my mind, where's home? Mm. And it took me almost a minute or so to realize home was Nosara. And Mm. so I came home and quarantined and have re envisioned my life in the past eight months. And it has been, an interesting journey. So that's the arc of what brings us together today. Mm, wow. Yeah. What an amazing journey you've had and so much I want to ask you about just in that answer. Um, I just want to start right with the that intuitive hit that you had. This is something that I keep coming back to is how do we how do we listen for that intuition? How do we trust that intuition, especially when it's telling us that something that might feel counterintuitive on the surface, right? Or something that doesn't make sense on the surface. Like that's something I really admire about you is being in touch with that voice and being able to trust it. And that's actually something I've learned from you um, is how to more deeply trust myself. How did you develop that sort of relationship with your intuition and trusting it? Well, it (laughs) it reminds me of actually my first... So I've also been writing a book for about 15 years now, and um, I've put it on the shelf for many years, but, but I remember the starting point of my writing was about an experience where I um, didn't trust my intuition. And, and not just the intuition, but some things that people were telling me from the outside. I was almost stuck in the river, crossing the river to get to Nosara. Um, at the end of rainy season and it started raining and the rivers were swollen and we were crossing. I was following the ex-boyfriend that um, was was the ex-boyfriend at the time. And he was in a car in front of me and I was with a couple of friends. There were um, some Ticos, some locals sitting on the other side of the river and they kept saying, go right, go right. And you couldn't see the ground underneath you. And my ex-boyfriend started walking the path so that he actually could see it and I, and I could follow it. I could watch it. And 
he made the, the path, he made the route, he went right. And it, it it's like literally counterintuitive, just like you're saying. Sometimes it's mm. like your brain says it doesn't, that doesn't make sense. The brain mm. says go straight through, but the path, because we now we know how the rivers run, they make, sometimes they make no sense. The path mm. was actually to the right, like circumferentially around to get to the other side. So I started going right and then I pulled the wheel to the left and I started sinking and I mm. ended up in the middle of the river water coming in and I couldn't open the door. And, and luckily there were people there. I call them my Tico angels and they come into the river and push the car. I mean, it was, it was a surreal moment. And I knew that in that moment I needed to write it down to remember it mm. because there was something about, my angels, my, my outer source of support, they were there. They were protecting me that day. They were, they were whispering. They were screaming at me also, go right, go right. It's okay if you go right. And I was doubting it. I was like, no, but I need to go left. Left is the way to go. And so I, and even just talking with you, like sharing this from that question, it brings a deeper light to the, that memory and so I, I just started writing it down. And that was actually the first story that I wrote in the, in the collection of like trying to figure out that, that question, like, mm. how do we trust? And so along the way it has been, I mean, that was, that was 2004 that that happened. So that's been a quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And my query has been, this question, how do I trust myself? And part of it has been going out to teachers and shamans and therapists and plant medicines and ceremonies and experiences. And like asking that same question, like, how do I, how do I How do I know? How do I know? So, and a big part of it is meditate, breathe, find silence, really, really listen, really listen. Because sometimes not just sometimes, but quite often, Many times I receive a download and then I follow that download and people around me question it. They're like, what are you doing? Like, especially when I moved to New York city two weeks after the election in 2016, people are like, what are you doing? People are coming the opposite direction. I'm like, yeah, but I need to go. There, there's something pushing me. And then after a couple of years of being in the city, I, I, I thought my brain was like, okay, let, let's keep going and let's find another place. And every place that I would stand in with my friend and apartments that I would look into and I would feel into. So it wasn't just thinking mm. I would feel into and, and I couldn't see myself in this place for an extended period of time. So in my meditations, I, I do this, this almost this time travel for myself when I'm asking some bigger questions and I look into future, but I also look into past and the places that I've been and the, the stepping stones that have brought me to where I'm in that crossroads of like, okay, what do I do now? Because mm. I always get to those questions like, what do I do now? I <laughs> don't, I don't all. know. I don't know. <laughs> so it, so it's, it's been a, it's been a practice of strengthening that, that muscle of intuition and like at that mm. core gut level, that's our primitive. So like mm. when I was standing in New York city and I had my friend who was like, come upstate with us, you know, we'll quarantine for two. It'll just be two weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, that was enticing because she lives in this amazing place, you know, overlooking the, the mountains and, you know, and I, I had my plans to go see my mom, to move my things, to do these things, to do the thing. And, and so I, I really held that as an option, but then like that gut punch at that core mm-hmm. level, it's like that, that level of like your deep core gut knowing was like, go home. Yeah. go home. And I, I got online, I rebooked my ticket. And then the next day, like 12 hours later, I had the message that the borders were closing. So I'm really grateful because I have, my home is here in Costa Rica, not just my home, but another place that I hold as my home and I, and I manage. And so if, if I, if I didn't listen to that core gut punch, mm things would have been really different for me and I would have managed, but I don't think that would have been in alignment with my higher purpose and the higher purpose for many people around me. So it's just strengthening that listening that, and it's a feel it's an inner feel. Yeah. So many of us are, um, especially in, in the Western culture, we're so mind identified, so ego identified. And, and frankly, the culture uh, supports it and rewards it. It's like if you are logical and productive and caffeinated and all these things, then you're successful in, in the, yeah, there you go, in the, in the current market. But um, moving to that more embodied mind, body, somatic relationship is, is what we're talking about here. And that's been definitely part of my practice is moving more into my body, listening to my body, um, feeling from my body. But then for me, the challenge has become, okay, well, I, I, it doesn't mean I abandon logic or my ego. Those are both useful tools. It's, it's when it's how to discern which one is speaking, (laughs) you know, and sometimes the ego is yelling from a place of fear and it feels like, oh, that feels like intuition. I should follow that. It's like, wait a minute, that's just my ego yelling. Right. And so the, the discernment, uh, of, of which one um, is speaking in a certain moment. And I think what you said about feeling it in your body, how does it feel in your body to imagine that possibility and really listen to what comes back? And that's been my challenge. And for a lot of people, I think is, is remaining still enough to be uh, open to listening to the messages. And you, you mentioned another word download, which I've, I've been really leaning into lately. What does that mean for you? Because like, uh, you know, it gets bandied around in sort of the spiritual community. Oh, I got a download. But does that mean, you know, from the universe, from God or from your higher self or just from, you know, something you read yesterday or what is it? (laughs) I read it in a, yeah, no. Um, So I, I've been doing a lot of, I hate to even say spiritual work anymore because it feel, I don't, that it's, word it's is charged. Human. It's it's human. I, I have been asking these questions since I was a little girl. What yeah. are we doing here? What is this <laughs> thing called life? What is the purpose of life? Why am I here? Since I was a child. And right. um, when I connect to a higher source, which I truly believe in, um, and this source is not just a God figure in form that sits above us playing the playing the puppet strings it's it, yeah. it's something that's not describable in words so mm. to to try to describe it in words doesn't do it justice 
Mm, so agreed. when I connect, we, we are, cha- we are all channels. And so I have learned to, well, we are all channels between that, that world that we cannot see, touch, feel, taste, hear, like beyond senses, this world that we're talking about of spirit, mm. of source. We are, we are truly channels. If, if we study the channel, which I have been doing for my entire life, mm. if we study the channel, we know how to open it up and we know how to call in these subtle messages that are not sometimes heard through the ear and not sometimes Mm. seen through the eye, but this is the download that I'm, that I'm talking about. Mm. And, and it's not just coming from above down. It can come from all directions. Mm. It can come from below to above so mm. m- there are messages and movement of, of energy um, in more of a, a tantric sense, more of a um, uh, esoteric sense. The, mm. the seekers call it like the Shakti Chakra. So we, we, we as human individuals, we have these convergence points in our bodies where there are, there are movements of energy. So I imagine that there's this, overall spinning chakra of destiny. This mm. is where the, 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 the channelers, the seekers, the psychics can go into the Akashic records and they, they can pull information. I work with a teacher that is amazing. Like she, she has trained herself, not just as a channel, but as a psychic, as a medium, like she has the ability. She has oftentimes given me messages that I cannot hear myself because I haven't trained myself to that level yet Mm, of mm. potentiality. And sometimes when, when you're talking about this ego sense, she'll, she'll hear and she'll tune in and and I'll actually watch her and, and and I'm like, where is she getting this information? She tunes in to a different channel, to a different Mm. frequency. And she speaks to my guides for me. And oftentimes when she gives me the information, it's like, it's the affirmation. Yes. Yep. I got that. Yep. I know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when I haven't been as developed or I haven't been taking care of myself as much, I haven't been in, in meditation as, as deep. Uh, I, I am functioning from more of the ego sense and mm. some of the messages that she will offer me from my guides, my ego will be like, no, I can work out through that one. Yeah. And but inevitably it'll come and and I remember that message and so I'm like okay so it's it's just the, the download is just a different frequency that we tune into and and part of it is becoming still becoming yes. quiet enough and attuned enough to feel hear sense see from a from mm. a level that we can't quite categorize mm. with our words and with our senses. It's beyond mm. that. Yes. I, I completely agree with, with everything you're describing. And, um, but just from a sort of skeptical perspective, like where, where does it originate? Like where would those messages originate? Because it implies, um, uh, a higher intelligence, uh, a benevolent universe that's sort of interjecting in the individual's life. Right. 
which I subscribe to on some level, but just yeah. the scientist in me just want, I want to unpack it. it. It's like, from? what, where does it come from? I like, don't what, know what? the answer to that one. <laughs> this is what, this is the question that I've been asking since I can remember asking the questions. Yeah. Where it's, is it's it? What is it? I mean, I, my, at, at this level, at this point, I would just imagine that it's just always been there and it's always yeah. evolving and expanding and unfolding. And, and, the tantric philosophies talk to that. They, they talk mm. to this idea of consciousness itself is unfolding itself constantly. Mm. So everything that we see out here, out beyond our, our eyes and beyond our experiences, it's a constant un- unfolding mm. of yeah. consciousness attempting to experience itself. Yes, I love I love that description and that makes total sense to me. Like largely for, you know, the the breadth of human history or uh, the evolution of the universe, um evolution has been largely like a an unconscious algorithm, right? It's just sort of operating in the process, evolving at its own pace, but it's gotten to a point now where it's like, okay, there would be massive benefit in creating more of a cognitive awareness and a self-reflectiveness where we can actually look at ourselves, be aware that we're conscious. And that I think that's where we're at. You know, it's the universe, like you said, experiencing itself on a new level for the purpose of learning and growth. That's basically what I've come to. And that feels pretty good to me. You know, like we are the leading edge of thought. We are the leading edge of consciousness and not an, in an egotistical way. There could be very well other instances of this all over the universe that we're not aware of. But as far as we know, as far as, as we're aware of, we are the leading edge, which is both terrifying and exciting at the same time for me, right? And it, and it makes a lot of sense that, you know, cognitive awareness or this, this idea of self-reflective consciousness is such a new phenomenon for human beings that we are in the adolescence of it at the most. And frankly, we're fucking it up big time. You know, we've descended yeah, I- into this shell of the ego. Yeah, I think I think that what's exciting for me is that there, there's many things happening at the same time. That it's not mm. necessarily a new phenomenon. The seekers have always been seekers. The right. seekers, like if if we look at the um, now more of a philosophical perspective, we have one side of the um, the esoteric realm and the literature that has come from mm. thousands of years. But now mm. what's really super cool is that science is showing us what these mystics and um, mm. um, practitioners have been saying for a long time. So I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts about neurophysiology and changing your brain states. Mm. And we, we hear the researchers, the scientific researchers saying, breathe, change your breath. And it's going to change your state of mental awareness, which will shift your cognition, which will shift Mm. your ability to problem solve. And it's already here in the yoga sutras, the pranayama sutras, Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. esoteric literature that people have been doing this since the dawn of humanity. Totally. Uh, and I, I totally agree. What I what I was referring to is that it's new in an evolutionary scale. Like we've since ten thousand years or a hundred thousand years when we first sort of became aware of ourselves. But I totally agree right. that the Eastern mystics have been 
uh, aware of this and these processes for thousands of years. And it's only the West and our scientific, logical ego minds that are just catching up to it now, which is it's which is astounding, but also really hopeful. It's like, okay, the the science is now backing up what the mystics have known for thousands of years. That's really exciting that there isn't like this separation of religion and spirituality or, uh, and, and, and science has been this great chasm that caused wars over, you know, the history of humanity. Now it's becoming one finally, but it, is it, uh, are we doing it quickly enough to avoid killing ourselves is basically what the question comes down to now. That's a good question these it's days. It's a good question. I know. I, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, at, and, and from the tantric perspective, just as much as we are living, we are also in a state of dissolution. So mm. it's, so this is the interesting thing. I, I, I love this, even just this thread that um, death is part of it. Totally. So, so there are parts that have to die in order to give rise to something that's coming behind it. So, but I hear what you're saying in the, in the, in the bigger sense of the war. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, and that's something absolutely um, death and rebirth that's been really present for me. And it's not just, you know, the, your physical body dying. It's like within this lifetime, certain things need to die and be reborn, like parts of your ego or your personality. And that's definitely present for me right now. And that's basically what the root of personal transformation is. It's allowing parts of yourself that are no longer serving you to die in order to make space for something else to grow. Would you agree with that? Yes. That's, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge part of what I encourage people to look at, what I hold space for mm. people to move through this, this whole process of transformation. There mm. is definitely on one side that, that dissolution, that death, and part of it is an ego death. Part of it is a death mm. of, you know, a death of certain relationships that we're holding mm -hmm. or certain ways that we relate to ourselves or to others or to the world or, you know, mm -hmm. the, the list goes on and on. And oftentimes when people come to these experiences, whether it's plant medicine work or the breath work or just, you know, their own personal growth work in whatever manner, the hardest part is the dissolution for, for many mm -hmm. people. Because it's painful. For sure. it, it is. fucking hurts. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun. Oh, yeah, it's, it's intense. <laughs> but <laughs> on the other side of it is, is magic and openness and wonder and growth and love and yeah. so much more than, you know, we, we tend to want to just hang on to the things because they're familiar. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I've been zone. doing... It's a comfort zone. I've been doing it this way, even though I hate it, even though I hate myself, like maybe I'm an angry person or something, but I, I'm familiar with it. I know it. And so letting, and I'm identified with it. I think that's the other yeah. thing. That's right. And once you're identified something, it's like, you don't want to give it up because guess what? You don't know who you are anymore. And people are more afraid of the lack of identity than an identity that they don't like. Yes. Right. Woo, I love this. I knew we were going to go deep and we just dove right in there. Let's go. <laughs> As I have my next sip of caffeinated coffee. Yes. Awesome. Um, you mentioned breath work and obviously that is a central tenet of your work now. And I had the honor of um, accompanying you on a breath work facilitator training course. 
which was just revolutionary for me. I just, I went so deep in that, um, primarily around trusting myself, which is what we were talking about earlier. That was the big thing that came up for me in that course. Um, but breath work in and of itself is something that uh, has been very powerful. And frankly, it, I'm still terrified of it. It scares the shit out. <laughs> it does. And, and to, for that reason, I don't really like it. I still do it. Not very often as, you know, but. Well, here's the cool thing. You know, it's adaptable. Yeah. And since like, as you were talking about your experience, like I, I have this interesting wave of remembrance because that was, that was a turning point for me as well. That was an intense, mm. super intense experience in time. And, and that was about a year before all of this went yeah. down the the pandemic yeah. and and global shifts and i remember coming back home here in march and shifting my practice radically and mm. so this training that i'm that i'm doing now i'm offering all trainings through the distance which i was a skeptic at first you know everyone started jumping on zoom and and i i was like I'm not going to do that. And people would, they were calling me and are you going to do, nope, I'm not doing that. And then finally I realized we're not going anywhere. So I'm going to mm. step out of my comfort zone. Same thing that you're talking about. I was identified yeah. with like, no, it has to be done this way. Yeah. So what I have been playing with and recognizing is even the breathwork practice I have been adapting in the early stages of this, whatever we're in, um, I started like slowing things down and just really being rather than what you experienced in the facilitator training, which was the primary source was the conscious connected breath, which mm. is designed to bring things up to the surface mm -hmm. from, from the mm. depths. And what I recognized during this interesting time, life was already bringing things up for us mm. that actually now the prescription is Let's pull it back together and root it down into the ground. And so mm. the, the way that I am teaching is totally different, totally different than a year ago. How so? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a lot more um, focus on calming the system down rather than revving mm, it up because we right. are so heightened. Everyone is in a sympathetic overdrive. I don't want to say everyone. A lot yeah. of people are in a yeah. sympathetic overdrive, which comes in the form of fight flight. Oh my yeah. God, what's happening? You know, fear, fear is yeah. big anger. You know, you yeah. and I were, before we were getting all this <laughs> together, we were like, Arr! um, yeah. <laughs> anger has been present in my, in my own existence as well. And yeah. And it's not that these things are emotions or feelings to obliterate because they are teachers to us. They are, they are, mm -hmm. they are sensations to acknowledge. They're there to wake us up. Mm -hmm. So the, the practice now that I am um, supporting and facilitating is really a practice of, of, of learning where you are in any given moment. And here are tools. Mm. Like here's some tools. If you need to rev yourself up, here's some tools. If you need to pull it to center, calm down. So, so the practice has really evolved for me. I would, I would love to mm. get you in for a session and just like feel some different, different ways 100%. that I have been modifying and adapting. And, and this is, this is really based on 
traditional yogic pranayamas, um, some really amazing podcasts that I've been listening to and, and research for, um, you know, breath itself. There's some groundbreaking research out there that is no coincidence coming out right now. So mm. it's, it's been, it's been fascinating just to watch yeah. the, the evolution. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to my teachers because they've come from a particular lineage that has a, a particular theory base. And mm. I think that there's so many other pieces that we can draw from to, to manipulate modify, mm. adapt, however you want to see it, the work that we're doing from here forward. That's, that's this, mm. this idea of expanding consciousness and, mm. and learning from learning from these times, like these times are unprecedented mm. and it's totally. a creative. And I see you, you, you know, mm. rocking it out with the creativity and, you know, just like that is what these times are asking us to do. Get creative mm stand in our center, stand in our power and our truth, reclaim our resources. Totally. Hey, are you feeling lost, anxious, frustrated by the state of the world? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Maybe you're even distracting yourself from the pain with things like alcohol, social media, Netflix, gambling, shopping. I know I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls just like you in taking back creative control of your life, finding a deeper sense of purpose, and building a solid foundation of certainty, even in such uncertain times. This is exactly why I have created the Fuck Yes Club, a six-week online journey that will begin on November 11th, 2020. I am looking for 15 to 20 badasses who are ready to supercharge their powers of manifestation as the conscious creators of their own reality. This program is for people who are tired of living in uncertainty and fear, sick of living up to somebody else's standards, fed up with not fulfilling their highest potential. This is for the people who are ready to tap into their infinite well of creative power and start creating the life they have always wanted. We are in the midst of a massive transition. Great change is upon us, and we're being called to grow and evolve in ways that we may have been avoided. Is it your time? Are you ready? There are only two answers here, people. No and fuck yes. If you are in the fuck yes category, then immediately go to www.thefuckyesclub.com and sign up. Entry closes at 11, 11 p.m. on November 11th. There's limited space, so head on over to www.thefuckyesclub.com right now for more information and to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. Um, yeah, the, the power of breath work, and I think it's one of the things that's so powerful about it is what you're talking about. It's it's available to everybody in every moment uh, if we become aware of how to use it. Uh, and that's why I think the work that you're doing is so powerful and so needed. It's like that you don't need anything out of yourself, outside of yourself. Um, you just need to create a relationship with your breath, which most people have never been taught or don't understand. So maybe you could walk through us through that a bit. Why is it so important to uh, develop a relationship with your breath and what actually happens to you physiologically, mentally, emotionally, when you do tune into your breath? Mm. 
Just take a deep breath and just feel. I mean, those of you who are listening out there, I'll ask you to do the same. Just take a deep breath and feel what happens. And, and some people, this type of deep breath is not possible just yet because of many, mm. many conditions, because of tightness in the physical body, tensions, the way we habitually hold ourselves, the way that we think. Our, our thoughts hold weight. They hold penetration into our emotions. On a physical level, of course, we know that breath equals life. And so there's a, there's a lot of interesting research now that, it, that are, it's showing us that it's not just about how much breath that we take in, but if we can slow our breath down, then we are actually extending our life. There's a longevity in that. And and even in traditional Chinese medicine, they talk about, you know, we have a certain amount of life force qi. They call it something else. I think it's jing qi. And when you use it, you exhale your last breath and you go to the next place. Mm. Unless you, you know, we're hit with an accident, we're hit with whatever, you know, but mm. in relationship to longevity practices and, and breath, and I even saw this with my father in the last years of, of his life. And I was thinking about this today that I, I really wish that I had some of the information that I have now five years ago, because I would have worked with him differently. And I even saw in his last days, he actually passed because of a breathing disorder. And so that's very ironic to me. And I was with him in his last days and I would watch him and intuitively he would know. And, and at one point I asked dad, like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm playing a game. I'm, I'm watching how long I can hold my breath so that I can keep my numbers up. Mm. And it was really fascinating. Like he figured that out before I have been reading it in these days and listening to, to the researchers talk about that. And, and he was, he was succumbing to, um, a lung issue, chronic, um, pulmonary disease and, um, pulmonary fibrosis. So, so for, for me to tell him to take a deep breath, it was not possible. Mm. So for him, it was real like he intuited that he needed to prolong the space between breaths and the pause. And so he was practicing breathing longer out, holding the breath out until he needed to take his next breath. So it was really fascinating watching mm. him. And, and also to understand that, yes, like different, different people need different things. Yeah. So for me, I'm a, I'm, I've trained myself to be a pretty chill person. I actually need to rev it up sometimes. <laughs> So I use different breath techniques to rev it up, to move my system into more of a heightened sense. Now, many people who are dealing with, you know, homeschooling the kids and kids running all over the place and trying to manage, you know, life under these new circumstances, the nervous system is already heightened. <clears throat> they need to understand how to calm it down and how to soothe their system so that, that they can sleep. They can make 
good choices for themselves and for their family. They can be in a communicative relationship with their significant others, their relationship with their spouse. And oftentimes when we are in a heightened overdrive, which when we are in that place, those of you noticing like there's a, there's a, a different type of breathing. The breathing is short, fast, quick, or not at all. Like there's a, a holding of the breath mm. and that perpetuates the sympathetic overdrive. So when we regulate our breathing and we connect our diaphragm, our our diaphragm is a direct link to our brain. Mm. So if we have the ability to go into that deeper diaphragmatic movement, not just breath, but movement, you know, like really learning to pull the diaphragm down. And for some people, it's going to take a little bit of physical body movement or just practice paying attention. Like, where is my diaphragm? What happens when I breathe it in? And it might get stuck in some places because of emotions or habits Mm -hmm. or so on and so forth. So when we have the ability to regulate the inner workings of our body, we are changing our brain functions. And then that gives us the ability to change our choices, regulate regulate our metabolism even. I notice that when I am engaged in a different type of breathing practice, um, I don't have to go on a diet. I don't really, I don't exercise in the way that most people think of exercise and, and my weight is regulated in a, from Mm. an internal perspective. So all of these are, are ways that we can see our, our, our practice of breathing and our relationship to our breathing changes the outcome of how we are experiencing our health, vitality, life, relationships. Mm. So powerful. And that's at the core of my work as well is really taking control from an inner place first, rather than trying to control our outer world, which is what many of us do. And that's where we get caught in that sort of um, fear, fight or flight mode and survival mode. It's like, oh my God, look at all this danger outside of me. I have to control it to keep myself safe when so much of your power is within you. And if you can, like when I took that deep breath, when you invited us to, I immediately felt more calm in one breath. Um, Partially though, because what you were saying, um, I have trained myself to be able to let go of the fight or flight mode of the survival mode. And I know the benefits of letting go and allowing my body to rest for a lot of people who maybe are not as familiar or not as practiced. It might be more difficult to allow themselves to let go because it's like that sense of survival and control is that hanging on and letting go of that means possible death, which is that coming back to that death and rebirth we were talking about. Yeah. So, so powerful. And the work you're doing is so incredible. Um, We'll get to where people can find you later, but I want to sort of tap into something you said earlier about uh, life purpose. This is another thing that comes up a lot for me uh, and my clients. Um, what what would you define as your life purpose or your soul's mission? When I was a little girl, I asked myself this question a lot, and my life purpose is to heal the world. Mm, awesome. Simple as that. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's going to and it's going to be an evolution. I you know, it I when I went into quarantine 8 months ago, I I envisioned myself as an artist. 
so I started tapping into my my artistry and so like in my future evolution I see myself as offering my art as a healing mm. practice and tool mm. but for right now it's it's breath work um it's connecting with people um and and particularly training teachers like that has been a big evolutionary piece to this specific like life purpose of healing the world you know since 2001 2002 mm. and um you know originally before those times i i actually studied to be an occupational therapist and still with that inner knowing like i want to heal the world mm. and i was healing the world one person at a time through you know work with pediatrics or work with um, in mm. patients in end of life care and everything in between. And then I got to the point that I was burning out with that and I was about to die. I, I knew that. Like I, I sensed that. And I sensed that again, I was at this, this fork in the road. And if I kept going down that same path that I would not be here much mm. longer. And mm -hmm. so I, I took a very sharp, turn in the other direction and um, followed that purpose. And the purpose was at the time in 2001, no one really knew what yoga was in the mm. Southeastern United States and North Carolina. <laughs> Everyone thought it was a religion and, you know, they thought I was crazy. My family thought I was crazy. And yeah, but, but I knew that this is the next piece to step out. Like I wanted to work with people preventatively rather than mm -hmm. in the hospitals with chronic disease that, that were preventable. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted to give people I, different tools and ideas of living lives that were full of, of their own meaning and their mm -hmm. own unique choices to, to really heal and mm -hmm. love and learn. Something that just came up for me, and and this is just my skeptic again, is what, it, like when you say heal the world, and um, it implies that we all need healing. What do we need healing from? Forgetfulness. Okay. So we suffer forgetful. For, we, forgetting we, what we suffer for five reasons. We suffer because we are ignorant that we are connected to something bigger. That's the, that's mm. the main reason. And that's the forgetfulness. We suffer because we are attached. We suffer because we are in aversion. We suffer because we are in an ego state. And that's partly that forgetfulness that we are connected to something mm. bigger. And then we also suffer because we are in fear of death. Mm. But the, the healing speaks to and not just speaks to it but it involves all five of those processes looking at those pieces and unwinding the things that attach us and i it, it's a never ending process so no when i shit. talk about healing <laughs> i'm i'm you know i i now claim that i am a healer and what that really just means is I'm a mirror for people. I, I yeah. give people space to have an experience so that they really find the tools within themselves mm. to remember that they're connected to something bigger, 
let go of this stronghold of the ego, surrender time and time again, because we're practicing many deaths along the way until we get to that mm. final exhale and so on and so forth. So that's the healing that I refer to. And um, mm. when I can practice that and model that for myself, and I don't always do it, um, but then there, therein lies the, the next challenge. And when I can teach other people, and particularly because now I'm, I'm really invested in supporting facilitators because that means that I'm, I'm working with this one person and then they can go out and work with many. So just like you, like you are taking, you, you took that knowledge and maybe you're not leading people directly through a one-on-one breathwork session or breathwork mm-hmm. class, but what you gained from that knowledge and in and of yourself, like you're doing these things, like you are affect, mm-hmm. you are, you are healing the world. Mm. We all are healing the world and the world needs more healing. Mm-hmm. I, I, no. I agree. I mean, now more than ever. Yes. Wow. Woo. So much goodness. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier about plant medicine, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So uh, one of the first times we actually deeply engaged is when you held space for me as a facilitator for an iboga ceremony. Um, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with iboga, it's a powerful psychedelic um, that comes from Africa, and it's used ceremonially, ceremonially, ceremoniously ceremoniously thank you um ceremoniously um and i had the the honor of uh, attending one of those ceremonies um with profound um healing and awakening and learning and lessons that came from it um but obviously it can be used in um less than uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's people who u- abuse it. Let's put it that way. Um, what's your take on plant medicine and its usefulness for healing and awakening? Oh, that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But the, the it is. Is it the, too much for this podcast? No, 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 no. I can give the short version, and then we can go okay. into it in a in a deeper discourse because cool. there are. I, I've worked with many plant medicines. Um, And what I have understood about them for myself is they are one tool that Mm. will open, open us to a certain level. And then it's up to us to take the next steps. And a lot Mm. of people come into plant medicine work with high expectations. Luckily, when I first entered into this work, it was 2004, there was not a lot of people doing it. And I didn't even know, I didn't, I had to look up the word shaman in the dictionary <laughs> when my friend said, oh, there's this shaman in town. We're going to do this weekend healing. And he said, it's like 10 years of psychotherapy in one weekend. And that's all she had to say to me for me to sign up. And I right. didn't even ask that many questions. And then like all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting in, there's only four of us sitting in the circle and he was like, okay, drink this tea. And I was just envisioning like Jonestown. I'm like, my mom is going to kill me if she finds me dead like this. Um, that's, that's what I thought. Uh-huh. And, um, so that was my first experience. And that was actually with Lotus root, which is known as Soma. Okay. So the, the Lotus root experience was one of the most profound experiences that I had had up until that point of my life. 
And I came out of the experience and someone asked me if I would do it again. I said, no, I'm good. I'm done. And then the rest is history. I, I did do it again and I gained courage and I gained um, understanding and, and every single experience that I have explored with <clears throat> Lotus root, Santo Daimi, Ayahuasca, Iboga, Psilocybin, Combo, Bufo, there's, there's, the list goes on and on. They, they give me a different piece of wisdom, but the, the biggest reminder is that what we do with that wisdom is actually the most important aspect of the work. And, and many people, many people do realize that, but many people don't realize that. And so therein lies the necessity for more education, more integration work, more, um, more conversations about this for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of what I was referring to is the, uh, abuse, the possible abuse for plant medicine. You know, a lot of Westerners are looking for that quick fix that, that uh, immediate, um, you know, spiritual leap. And that's just not what it's about. You can go into a plant medicine ceremony and get, uh, you know, a powerful download, powerful visions, powerful truth about what's going on in your life, but it's up to you to do the work afterwards to integrate it. And that's, you know, so, so important. That's the real work begins after the ceremony. It's not, you're going there to get fixed and everything's fine. Totally. I just, yeah. it's just interesting because I just had a ceremony my first time with a boga in five years. I did one about six weeks ago and wow. I came out of the ceremony. I, I knew that I needed to explore because I was, I was actually working with some students who are going a little bit deeper with a boga. And so I wanted to build that relationship again with the plant. And so I went into ceremony and it was, it was a beautiful ceremony. You know, I, I didn't have a, a purge, which normally is the more mm -hmm. challenging part of the ceremony, as you mm -hmm. probably remember. Um, oh, I remember. But, um, <laughs> but it was just like right before that edge. And I knew that I could take another gram or two and, and elicit the purge. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit with this and hold yeah. the, the wisdom of the medicine. And then um, I... At the end, at the after effects of the ceremony, you know, I didn't have a lot of visions. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like super powerful and, and charged like like normal. Um, but I knew that my life was going to get supercharged from that yeah. point forward, and that's what's happened. You know, I've I've really worked with this this inner fire and almost I'll call it rage that has come up since mm, and and part of it it's not just you know and this is a, a difficult um emotion for me to get to and i think it was a powerful one because it's it's eliciting action on my part mm, yeah and creating boundaries i'm really working a lot with creating boundaries because of this inner and outer rage <laughs> that's coming mm. But I think yeah, the whole world is enraged. I mean, the collective yeah. is enraged right now. So yeah. if, if I don't feel what the collective is feeling, then yeah. that's, you know, I, I'm numbing myself out for, for whatever reason. Yeah. 
And, and rightfully so. I think there's been so much corruption and oppression and pain and suffering inflicted unnecessarily uh, by those wishing to control, um, which, and the response I think is, is warranted. Like there's a lot of anger and a lot of rage coming to the surface, how it's dealt with and how it's manifest and how it's healed is what the real work is. Like we were talking before we started recording on this, both of us have been experiencing some form of anger recently, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's like anger, like you said earlier, is one of our emotions, which is part of our, our guidance system. It's there for a reason to teach us or to illuminate something that needs to our attention or needs to be healed. But it's when we um, don't honor it and don't give it the space to to either heal or to be manifest in whatever way healthily that it manifests in negative ways. And that could look like abuse, addiction, disease, like all sorts of things, mental illness. Um, right. So I think it's important for the listeners, everybody in, in these times, these challenging times to honor and allow the anger to be there, but not to live in it. Right. Not to identify with it and not to take action from it. That's another important point is you can't be taking action and like, you know, um, showing up online or, you know, in politics or wherever or in relationship from a place of anger. You need to be, um, you know, hold the space for it and allow it to be there, but then move into a place of wholeness before you react. I think that's super important. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I was sharing with a friend. I claimed it. I was claiming my anger yeah. and I was claiming the this, this sense of like, I am dancing with my anger so that I don't put it on someone else. Like that was my totally. bigger intention just to dance yeah. with it. Let it inform dance me. Dance with it. Dance with the fear. <laughs> Ashley Ludman, this is just so exciting. So much fun. Uh, we could talk all day and I think I'm just going to have to have you back on as a regular guest. Cause you are just like a, a firecracker and a Let, let's yeah wisdom. let's talk about let's talk about um plant medicine a little bit more in in the next one because i yeah. think this is this is a big one that people are are coming to you know they 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 want ways to open up and they want yeah um they want some good grounded tips and tools before going in so that's one of my um for sure it's one of my desires to support people in that yes awesome um, what are some of the books that you've read recently or, or over your lifetime that you could recommend to somebody who's sort of tiptoeing into this arena? Well, actually I'm, I'm reading, um, a manuscript by our friend right now. So I'm, I'm kind of reading some things that are not out there yet. Um, okay. but the newest one is breath by James Nestor. And there's, there's okay. another part to it. Like the, the, the lost art of a new science or something but James Nestor okay. breath is, is amazing. Um, cool. One of the, it, it, it's, a, it's a little heady. It's not like an easy read, but Eastern body, Western mind is mm. one that I re recommend as, as required and recommended reading for our facilitator training. It just teaches you mm. about the energy body and, um, but anything by Anadea Judith is great. Okay. And, Joe Dispenza. Oh, he's a heavyweight. He's yeah. amazing. Like we were talking about earlier, he is bridging the gap for me between spirituality and Western science. Definitely. And that's huge, huge. And he says it in such an articulate, digestible way yeah. that uh, if you don't know who Joe Dispenza is, I highly recommend. I'll put some um, links in the show notes. 
And also Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton is another good Ooh, one. Ooh, yes. Okay, yeah. awesome. Okay. So those those guys. And then eventually Patrick Cook and Ashley hey. Budman, whatever we write, we'll, we'll put in the, <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> exactly, manifesting that shit. All right, thank you so much for your time today. Thank we'll you. definitely have you back on the show. And tell everybody where they can find you online. AshleyLudman.com and TheBodyOfBreath.com. We're, we're getting ready to launch a new breathing community and many more facilitator trainings and personal immersions are going to be offered in 2021. So Ashley Ledman or The Body of Breath. Thanks, Patrick. Excellent. Excellent. I can tell you from experience, Ashley is the bomb and I highly recommend her and her work. All right, darling, have a wicked day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.